Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber of the public, go to RMFP.com. How are you, Mace? All right. Settling in a little bit. Uh, Whoa, you're out of breath. Bit, well, yeah, I look down and I'm in my car and I'm sending a text. Why do you sit in your car? I've always wondered that. I, sometimes I see in the parking lot and you're in your car and I'm like, why don't you just walk in instead of being out of breath when you walk in? Well, usually I'm not, but usually I leave enough time. But then I look down, I realized, mm-hmm. oh, goodness, it's 3.59. It is. I better step lively. Uh-huh. I don't want to be late. All right. So well, here I am. There you on are. On time. Like <laughs> uh, the late Marvin Bad News Barnes said, game time is on time. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Okay, the interview with Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn is over. Now it's on to Green Bay to talk to Nathaniel Hackett and to also have a conversation with the uh, quarterbacks coach for the Packers, Luke Getze. So, I'm wondering if they'll do it together. No, it's back-to-back days. Ah. Hackett's tomorrow. Getsy is on Saturday. And interesting thing is it looks like Hackett's doing his interviews tomorrow because he has the Jaguars also right. interviewing him tomorrow. So he's kind of getting it out of the way in one fell swoop here as the Packers have their first round by. Hackett seems like the type of guy who has that personality that would you know, say to George Payton, hey, can we do it together like a tag team? Because that would be fun. That just seems like something he would say, doesn't yeah, it? It does, and he's he's definitely wired differently. Yeah, no it question about. Can it. be a good thing. Yeah, can be a bad thing. I mean that, and that's where again, when you're hiring somebody who's never been a head coach, there's that unknown factor that you know that goes along with it. Is you know he he clearly he's there, he's got a kind of a different perspective on things a different type of personality than normal head coaches is that something that's going to translate to an entire locker room of 53 to 90 players or not that's a big question and we'll talk more about Hackett uh, at five o'clock you did a long article a deep dive onto who Nathaniel Hackett is for the dnvr.com in the meantime I think there are a lot of Broncos fans who are surprised that Doug Peterson and Brian Flores are not getting interviews Nine of the ten candidates, I believe, have no previous NFL head coaching experience. Clearly, Peterson with the Eagles, hey, let him do Super Bowl. And Brian Flores, both of those guys do. Why do you think Peterson and Flores are not getting interviews with George Payton? Brian Flores, as we've talked about, there's there's a connection there. And that's Chris Greer, who's the GM in Miami and work with George Payton in Miami back a decade and a half ago. And we know that Payton keeps pretty close ties to a lot of people he's worked with. He's got an extensive network throughout the game. And considering that there was organizational friction involved 
with Brian Flores' departure from Miami, particularly with Chris Greer, not being kind of aligned in terms of, of the vision, especially at the quarterback position. I don't think Flores is going to get a look. The, the Doug Peterson question, I'll ask you, what do you think is kind of what's amiss here for the Broncos' apparent lack of interest in somebody, in the only coach on the market who's won a Super Bowl? Well, I think the narrative when he left Philadelphia was it was Eagles management. They screwed up and Peterson got screwed. From what I've been told by people inside that organization or people – I've been told by someone who has ties to people inside that organization. Mm -hmm. Let me make that a little bit more clear. Peterson isn't what everybody thinks he is. He just isn't. Um, Fake it till you make it? Yeah. The best, the best analogy I can use, and Colorado Buffalo's football fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Chris Peterson, the offensive coordinator of Boise State, he was the brains behind Boise State when Dan Hawkins was the head coach. Yep, said that a lot. And a lot of people believe that Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, was the brains behind the Eagles when Peterson was the head coach. All you have to do is look at the offense for the Philadelphia Eagles when after the Eagles won the Super Bowl – what that looked like after Reich left immediately following that Super Bowl win. And it wasn't very good. And the relationships that Peterson had weren't particularly that great. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it is my understanding that Sirianni had to clean up a little bit of the mess mm -hmm. that Peterson left. And someone who'd be aware of that would be somebody that George Payton knows. That's a guy on this list, Jonathan Gannon. That's the Eagles right. defensive coordinator who worked with Peyton in Minnesota for four seasons. And by go. the way, to illuminate what you said about the Eagles offense, let's just go by total offense, right? 2016, Carson wins his rookie year. They were 22nd. Okay, that happens. Seventh in the league in 2017. That's the second year of Wentz. Also, Nick Foles at the end. Frank Reich coordinating. Then Reich goes off to Indianapolis. Eagles drop to 14th in total offense. They stay 14th in 2019. They were 24th in 2020. Whereas you look, for example, we've talked about Dan Quinn. He lost Kyle Shanahan after year two. Offense was pretty good the following year. Yeah. They were, they, they, were, they were still a top quarter of the league offense. Never dropped below eighth in any of Dan Quinn's five seasons in Atlanta. She followed two years with Kyle Shanahan, with Steve Sarkeesian for a couple of years, and then Dirk Cutter after that. And every full season Dan Quinn had, no matter who the offensive coordinator was, it was a top quarter of the league offense. And that, to me, is something that I would say separates Dan Quinn from Doug Peterson, even though Peterson has a Super Bowl ring and Dan Quinn, at least as a head coach, does not. Well, and, and, and here's the argument. A lot of people will say, well... Hey, uh, Peterson, look what he did with Nick Foles. Well, I know he's an offensive mind, but Frank Reich was calling the plays mm -hmm. on offense. Maybe it's what Frank Reich did, because if we're being completely honest here, if we want to make an apples to apples, are we really going to give Dan Quinn the credit for the Falcons offense when Kyle Shanahan 
was the offensive coordinator. No reasonable person is going to do that. No, but we give credit to Dan Quinn for finding the people that kept that offense in the league's top 25%. That's right. Here's the thing. We give him credit for identifying coaches. That's something, and, and that is a, of a head coach, that's a skill, identifying the right people, because you can say Vic Fangio, one of the things that undid him in Denver was his, his hire at offensive coordinator was Pat Shermer. Mm-hmm. And he kept Tom McMahon on as special teams coordinator, and offense and special teams struggled. So you can say that Fangio made the wrong calls with the key assistants on his staff, whereas Dan Quinn made better calls, especially on the offensive side. Okay, so uh, Peterson was let go when. Uh, Peterson was let go after the twenty twenty season. After the twenty twenty season. Uh huh. They were four and eleven. Yep. Right. So they four went eleven from, and one. Yep. They went from thirteen and three to nine and seven. They did make the playoffs. They did win a game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Following season, nine and seven. They did go to the playoffs and they lost in the opening round of the playoffs. Then the following season, everything bottomed out at four and eleven. Right. Mm-hmm. They hire Sirianni. And this guy's having press conferences, and people think this guy is a complete joke, right? Which is why you really shouldn't judge a coaching hire based on the quality of the press conference. Well, Sirianni leads his team to the playoffs with a 9-8 and eight record with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same guys on the roster, right? And oh, by the way, a lot of the same guys on the roster in 2018. What, what happened? I think that George Payton is looking at guys and saying... I want leaders. I want a guy to galvanize the building. I'm guessing what he has heard about Peterson and Flores, they aren't guys who can galvanize everybody in the building. Everybody has warts. I get it. Nobody's perfect. I understand that. But if you want to make the case that Peyton can go down this road because he has an ace in the hole or he has an ace up his sleeve, he does. And that ace up his sleeve is Dan Quinn. Who's proven he can galvanize an entire organization. Everybody loves Dan Quinn. They just do. Players do. They love the way he coaches. People outside the organization like him. And the guy has a, a track record of success. So I think that George Payton can interview a bunch of guys who have never been head coaches. Maybe he gets wowed. And then if he isn't, I'm going to hire Dan. Now, a lot of people are thinking, what makes you think Dan Quinn's coming here? Dan Quinn is coming here if he gets the offer. I have very little doubt Dan Quinn will be the head coach if George Payton asks him. He, I have very little doubt because... Because of the relationship. The relationship, and it goes back, we've talked about this, it goes back to the report from several years ago. The two of them have talked and thought about working together. How would we do this if we get the chance to be arm in arm in this? And I, and I think when you look at, let's look at a couple of playoff teams here that were struggling before, teams that have clearly improved from their previous form, the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers. What those two have in common is a general manager and a head coach who thought and discussed working together long before it actually happened. They found commonalities in viewpoint, in philosophies, and 
have been able to, for the most part, have very united fronts. I mean, not that there has it hasn't all been perfect. Like in San Francisco, there was a little bit of a disagreement on which quarterback to go after last year, right? Either is Mac Jones or Trey Lance. But on 98% of things, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are in alignment in terms of their vision for the organization. If let's take a step ahead, and that's and I think that matters for a harm, especially if you're thinking organizationally, you want to have harmony. Unless Hackett, if Hackett, you know, blows Peyton away in an interview, I think he has a solid chance to get the job because I think Peyton is totally wide open in mm-hmm. his thought process. Yeah, but let's say it's Quinn. Mm-hmm. I think Peyton is interviewing a lot of these offensive coordinators, young offensive coordinators, off really good coaching trees, because he knows he needs to improve the offense. Dramatically, right, and I would not be so. He wants ideas from Bienemy, from Kellen Moore, so on and so forth. He wants all hack it, and and it's possible that one person he talks to this weekend, even if he's not the head coach, may end up being the offensive coordinator if Dan Quinn comes in, and that's Luke Getze. I got to tell you something. I'm cooling on Getze just a little bit because I'm thinking there are two more names that I think might get hired. Over Getze, okay. although I think Getze's in the running. I think it's down to three. If three people, I think there are three people mm-hmm. who will get hired as offensive coordinator. One of three. Yeah. If Quinn, defensive guy, who, by the way, if, if he gets the job, I think he would love a guy like Raheem Moore, but I don't know if it's really a step up for Raheem, Raheem Morris. Moore. Raheem Morris. I don't think it's really a step up. Well, unless, he's already Rams defensive coordinator. Right. Yeah. Unless he becomes assistant Head coach, right? Then it's a step up. It wouldn't surprise me if he takes like his defensive line coach mm-hmm. from Dallas, a guy who's been with them for a long time. These are the three names I would look out for from the people that I've talked to. One, Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco Giants. Now, uh, yeah, uh, so Giants, forty nine. Now he doesn't call plays, correct? So you'd have so it's not as simple as the forty ers let him go. The forty ers would have to give permission. Because he is a coordinator, even though he's not a play calling coordinator. Well, if he well, if he does call plays, then it's a step up. Or if he it's then a, then he can walk. But I looked at the terms of what of what can be blocked. Okay, you can they can block a non play calling coordinator if they have the title offensive coordinator. That, well, well, the Forty ers could say, "Sorry, Mike, you're staying here." Well, that that could be the case. But think about relationships. I think Dan Quinn looks at Kyle and says, dude, I gave you an opportunity. You, and that's you're what, really going to do this to me? And that's what you would be leaning on, that yep. Quinn hired Kyle Shanahan. Yep. He hired Mike McDaniel back in 2015. That's right. You'd be leaning on that relationship to say, "You got, I really want Mike to take that step up and call and, though, and in case you don't remember, and I know we're going long in this segment, Danny. You know, let's continue this. We'll just continue this. This is another segment worthy of discussion. We'll we'll, we'll talk about who the offensive coordinator could be. We're jumping the gun. I understand that. If it's Dan Quinn, if it's Hackett, it's a different conversation. I think it might be Getze. But let's make it a because I think the top two guys probably would, unless somebody blows somebody out of the water. And I think, you. by the way, you can forget about Jared Mayo. Uh, uh, Reportedly, he's the lead guy in Houston because Houston just fired their head coach. And it's all Patriot people down there. Right, you have a you have a Patriots GM, right. you have a Patriots executive VP. So, yeah, they're they're looking Patriot way. So we're way. jumping ahead. Who could be the offensive coordinator if Quinn is hired? I got three names for you, and I'll continue with about McDaniel mm-hmm. next. The man is back in town. Don't you mess 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. He did my estate plan. He did my living will. Uh, he was so patient with me. I had so many different questions to ask him, and he was so great about answering all of them. He did that with my fiance as well. And I got to tell you, I feel safe just in case, you know, God forbid something happens. I don't want somebody else making financial decisions for me, and I certainly don't want to be in a situation where if God forbid something happens, uh, I'm going to be on a... Um, all hooked up to something and be a vegetable for the rest of my life. That's what a living will is. I'm allowing somebody to pull the plug. You know, we were doing a show yesterday, Mace. I'm guessing you were dying to pull that plug on me. Oh, but you know what? It. I've assigned somebody else. It's not you. You can't do it based on emotion. The person I've asked is going to do it not based on emotions, based on my wishes. When you get upset with me, you're going nowhere near that plug. Although if I want it pulled... Knock yourself out, trip over, do whatever you want. Yeah, just just give me, let me know, give me advance notice, but you can make sure it's right. in your living will. It is. That, uh, it is. If, if, Yank if, it. If the stuff goes down, yep. I can make sure you are taken care of right. in accordance with your own wishes. There was right. an entire Seinfeld episode about this That's one, remember? Right. I, I, and you know what? You know what? Uh, Sometimes you, because there are some scenarios right. you want to stick. That's right. <laughs> you know what? I think Jerry or Elaine or George, they should have called or gotten a hold of Dan McKenzie at the McKenzieFirm.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. I know we are jumping the shark on this, but I think you and I both agree the leader in the clubhouse is Dan Quinn. To the point where I would say he has probably better than a 50% chance of getting this job. Maybe even 60% Quinn, 40% field. Right. With that... Jared Mayo, he may still interview with the Broncos, but what I'm reading out of Houston is he is the lead candidate for the Houston Texans job. Yeah, and even though he's short on coaching experience, we talked about the leadership experience, and my goodness, that is an organization right now that really desperately needs a leader. Right. Because there's, of course... Then again, some of the people responsible for the nonsense would be responsible for the hire. But you're hoping that Gerard Mayo, if he, for his sake, if he gets to Houston, can kind of transcend some of the dysfunction just on sheer force of personality and leadership attributes. With that, so let's say Mayo goes to Houston. Read something else today. Kellen Moore, I don't know why he's interested in going to Minnesota, but apparently he is. Okay, so he will still probably interview with the Broncos. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he'll necessarily get the job. As far as offensive coordinators go, listen, if Nathaniel... I know why Minnesota would be interested in him, though. What was a signature win of the Cowboys this year? It was going up to Minnesota with Cooper Rush at quarterback and beating the Vikings. Right. I think there's a... Sometimes, and we've, we've seen it here in Denver, 
you have a result that goes against you and you say, wow, that we got beat by this yeah. and you put it in the back of right. your mind. Right. It's one reason why Cortland Sutton, I think, got the deal that he did uh, from George Payton because Sutton had a very big game against the Vikings when Payton was there back in 2019. Okay, so if if Hackett's the guy, I think he tries to bring in Luke Getze. That seems to be a pairing. With that, if it is Quinn, all right, if it is Quinn, I think it's going to be one of three guys. I think Getze's going to get a look for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Whose press conference bites went viral yesterday, by the way. Okay. Yes. Mike McDaniel's had some personal issues. I'll just kind of leave it at that. And I'll be honest with you, if he's ever up for a head coaching job, he will have to answer for all of them. Drinking is the reason why. That's a big matzo ball to put out there. That I just put out there? Yeah. Are you familiar with what his issues are? No. Well, it's drinking. Was drinking. Was. was. It's Many a, years there ago. You, well, there you go. But what I said was... He, I, I think it's I think it's an attribute that he's overcome that then. Well, I hope so. What I'm saying though is he has to still answer for it. He will be asked that question. If in the NFL draft you're asking a kid if his mother is a prostitute and you have absolutely no basis on it, clearly you're going to ask a coaching candidate if he had a challenge with alcohol about that. Well, I mean, alcoholism is a disease. I mean, you might as well ask somebody if like, they had cancer about you know, in the past about that. Well, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. What I'm saying is he's going to have to answer for that. I'm not saying it's going to be a problem for him. The other guy who I think is going to get a look, and I think, by the way, I don't think it's an accident that McDaniel is not getting an interview. For the head coaching job. I also think it's not an accident that Daryl Bevel is not getting an interview for the head coaching job because I think Bevel would be the other guy. And he is available. That's right. right. So Bevel and Quinn work together, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator for Quinn Mm -hmm. under Pete Carroll when the Broncos got their doors blown off. Mm Mm-hmm. In the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. And, of course, when you start thinking of possible quarterbacks, uh, if you make a trade, right. then, yes, the, the Quinn-Bevel combination does Makes a lot of sense. certainly have some appeal to a certain future Hall of Fame quarterback in right. the Pacific Northwest. Now, let me ask you. You saw the press conference with Mike McDaniel. I've seen plenty of them, yes. Who, by the way... I think would jump at the chance to come here. Well, he's a home. T- he's from Aurora. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a hometown he's kid from he, here. He, I think, and that's where like there are two things. Number one, you be if the Niners blocked him. And where did he start he, his career? By the way, Broncos intern Mike to Shanahan hired right. him. Yeah. So think. So you think of it this way: if the 49ers were to block him, and again they could because he has the title offensive coordinator, even though he doesn't call plays. If the 49ers blocked him. They'd be blocking somebody from coming home, right? And they'd be blocking some. They'd be blocking somebody from working for a coach who gave Kyle Shanahan the the opportunity to launch him. Yes, he's part of the family. Dan you, Quinn is part of the family. Mike McDaniel's part of the family. There are right. it's a it's a, it's a relation. It's a league of relationships and connections, right? It is. There you go. So McDaniel started here. He's from here. He was Mike Shanahan's personal intern. He has he has worked under Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. He has worked under Kyle Shanahan. And he's incredibly smart. Yes, I, I Ivy, did, Ivy League guy too. I asked somebody who to say they they were part at one point of the 49ers 
organization. Yes. That person I had a conversation today. I said, what's the difference between Mike McDaniel and Rich Scangarello? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, Kyle confided in McDaniel, but he really didn't confide in Scangarello. Well, and by the way, it's Mike he, Shanahan known who recommended right. Scangarello to come here. Right. And the other thing, of course, is like he's Kyle Shanahan has known McDaniel longer than he's known Scangarello. Correct. It's not a knock on Scangarello. No. And certainly the fact that Scangarello has now worked, uh, gone back to working for the 49ers. If McDaniel left the 49ers, Scangarello is probably the person who would benefit the most out there if McDaniel came here. Right. Because Scangarello would probably slide into McDaniel's position. And here's something else. And he's probably more ready for that now than he was here in 2019. I understand that John Lynch wears Niners gear. But he has a special place in his heart for Denver and for the Broncos. Yes, he does. Okay. So does Kyle Shanahan. And he has a special place. He, he likes Dan Quinn, too. I Exactly. Yes. And it's Quinn who hired. Right. So I don't think they're going to stand in the way of McDaniel. I would hope not. It, it would shock me. You, but, can't, you can't dismiss it. They could, but right. I don't think they... I don't think they would. I they would, would look really bad if they did. I would say if they did, the working relationship between the Broncos and the 49ers is over, and a lot of it had to do with Elway. But let me ask and, you something. And that's a, that's a shame because it's kind of— But we don't know. Let's no. not borrow trouble. Yeah, because it, Niners-Broncos is kind of a UK-United States. It's a special relationship that those two teams have. What do you think of McDaniel's press conferences? Uh, I admire the honesty with which he answers questions. Uh I like the fact he clearly, I mean, he wants to take things in his own direction, but he's somebody who actually listens to the question and doesn't, uh, doesn't dismiss it is how I, how I would put let, it. Let me, like Pat Shermer would kind of be very dismissive in a way that Mike McDaniel isn't. I heard when that McDaniel it was on a track and probably, and it still is to be a head coach. But the word is not ready. Not ready. Let me finish. He's he's yeah. I agree. He he's got some polishing that he needs to do. He has he's a, too. He's almost too honest. He has a lot of polishing to go. So much polishing. I'm not sure if he will ever have enough polish. When I watch him, mm-hmm. I like the fact there's. I hate to say this. There is a difference between a man and a boy. There is. Dan Quinn is a man. Say what you want to about Vic Fangio. He's a man. So is John Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make the case, and I would, Vance Joseph's a man. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels is a boy. And so is Mike McDaniel. See, I see something different. I what, don't. I, what I, I, see, I, no, I don't. I see something different than you do. But it's it's also, it does call into question whether he'd be a good head coach. I don't think, I why see, not now? No, I see somebody who is incredibly intelligent. Yep. Is a little is more than a little bit quirky. And honestly, I can kind of relate to this a little bit being kind of quirky. I would ne- I would be terrible in charge of something big. Right. I'm better a step down. Okay. Where I feel like you're not having to kind of to to to, to supervise as many people and being a little bit off can kind of help you, but it means that, like, you, you you know, someone like that, if you're talking about a cabinet, would be the secretary of the interior, 
they would never be the president. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying about McDaniel... There's a, there's a position of responsibility, but it's not the big position. I can see McDaniel being a terrific offensive coordinator. I don't think he has yeah. the personality, at least right now, to be a head coach. Quirky is good, but if you're losing four games right. in a row... Quirky can be toxic. It's a different kind of quirky from Vic Fangio, but they no, both. Yes. But they, they there's some commonalities there. Yeah, I don't, they're extremely smart. Yeah, but they're it's a little bit of a a mad professor kind of vibe that you get. It's like a, and that, and I love that, but it won't work in a head coach. Mike Shanahan, even keeled. John Fox, even keeled. Gary Kubiak, even keeled. When you get a guy like a Nathaniel Hackett, who's Jolly go lucky mm-hmm. when you've lost four or five games in a row. That goes from jolly go lucky to the other side where you become pissed that you're being. And you questioned. just said Hackett, which is interesting because Hackett. That's the. I think that's the question on Nathaniel Hackett. Yep. How's he going to handle a losing streak? Right. And I don't know. He's a great teacher. Yes. And he has fun. Yep. He he keeps it light. Yep. But when the stuff hits the fan, is how he do they still as jolly? I don't yeah. know. Is he still as happy all the time? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because when you are that happy all the time, I see more emotion swings where you're high on your highs and you're low on your Josh lows. Josh McDaniels had those swings. That's right. And by the way, when you are the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers and you're meeting the media, you're not getting a lot of tough questions. You know why? Because you're 13-3. and three. But when you're 7-8... and eight, the tougher questions are coming. Coming up after the break, former NFL star Bart Scott was asked something today on ESPN. Did he say he can't wait? Can't wait for the answer. No, he didn't say he can't wait, but let's just say um, he wanted to get up for the answer. Wanted to really get up for the answer. Ironically, on a show called Get Up. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. All right, former NFL star Bart Scott was on ESPN today. And um, Good job, do, do, Danny. Do that again. I talked over Can't wait. Well, love that. I can't wait to tell you about this story because Bart Scott was on ESPN today and he had some advice on how Josh Allen can handle the really cold weather for this Saturday's home playoff matchup. He said Josh Allen should take Viagra. He said the reason is this. Taking that blue pill, it's going to get the circulation going. And then he went on to say Viagra was the first heart medicine, right? So it builds up circulation, okay? And that's a good thing. He said I've taken 
Viagra before when it's been a cold So we've game. gone from greenies back in the day for baseball to, blue. to the little blue pill for football. Right, right. My question <laughs> is, what happens if you're wearing a cup and suddenly you get excited? How painful would that be? Painful, but a lot, most players do not wear cups anymore. Oh, the God. cup is well, uh, the, the the camera guys yeah. better zoom out. The cup, not zoom in. The, the cup has largely vanished from. I don't get that at all. From football, believe it or not. Okay, I'm about to ask you a very serious question here. Mm-hmm. Dead serious. Yeah. Can't Viagra be considered a PED? It's a good question. Now, in the bedroom, it's absolutely a PED. Well, I mean, you know, for example, performance enhancing. Sudafed is a PED, right? Yeah. You you take that, you get you get busted. Like you can't you can like, for a while a lot, a lot of hockey players took Sudafed and they banned it. And, well, it's, well, Sudafed is really to clear your sinuses. Right? That's what it's used for. And Viagra is honestly really used for ying 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 ying. That's what it's used for. But it's got uh it's it's got pseudoephedrine in it is why it's bad. I, I understand. But but if it's going to help your performance, right, and you're not going to be as cold, that it's a very much performance. a performance enhancer. But it's not a performance enhancer that's banned. Like right. the, the thing is, like the players get a list of what's banned and what's not. Now, some teams, including the Broncos, they tell their players, look, if you've got a cold, you got something, don't go to the pharmacy come to our come to our stockpile because yeah we got a pharmacy for you well no but everything in their stockpile will not get you busted or go to romanowski's tackle box Hmm. you know romo used to claim that he had uh pills that could reverse the aging process not just stop it reverse it so in theory if you took those pills wouldn't you like become an infant again if it reverts the it reverses would, the aging process? It would be the curious case of Benjamin Button. Right. Right. The Benjamin Button pill. So with that, would you ever admit taking Viagra following a game? Oh, hell no. No? Hell no. Really? Yes. I wouldn't admit that. I would. Why not? I, the stigma that could be involved with it, I wouldn't admit like that. Like when Mike Ditka did a Viagra commercial? How yeah. do you like that? Remember that? I do. Mike Ditka did that. Do you remember the the one Super Bowl? It was actually the Super Bowl where uh, Janet Jackson's nipple was exposed. Um, I took Viagra before the halftime show, and wow, that really worked out well. Well, for that me. the ha- it, at half t- not long. Problem after is, halftime, I was in a group of people. Their 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 aired a commercial. I think it was for like a Cialis or something like that. Yep. And that was the first time in my life I'd heard the phrase four hour erection. And I heard it during the Super Bowl. Okay, I got to tell you something. And I, I, you hear that, right? And I, and I know I don't want to claim this is a family show, so I suppose if you're driving with your kids, turn down the volume. When you hear that phrase, if you have a four-hour erection, consult your doctor, right? I'm not consul- seeking medical attention. I'm not seeking medical attention. I'm calling every girl I used to date. Why in the world would I call my doctor? I call, uh, well, because that stuff's unless, not unless my doctor is a female. I mean, that I stuff's call, not natural. I mean, there comes there comes a point where you're actually really worried. No, I'm not. I'm calling every girl I used to date. That's what I'm doing. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it. The Nuggets are back in town, taking on a depleted Portland Trail Blazers team. We'll get into that and uh, preview the game. Talk a little bit about what happened on Tuesday night and if. 
they're doomed to repeat that history. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back, afternoon drive. Goodman Mason watches MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Siltahar Mazda. You're going to absolutely love going there, and you're going to love test driving some of their Mazdas that I really like. The Mazda CX-5, the Mazda CX-30, small crossover SUV. It's all-wheel drive, leather trim seats, great power, 32 miles to the gallon on the highway. It's great for the summer, but think about how much you're going to love driving that ride in the winter time, right? All-wheel drive, 32 miles to the gallon. And you know what? This family-owned business, they've been serving Colorado families for over 60 years, not just when they want to buy cars, but in the community as well. With that, I want to bring in a longtime friend of mine, the vice president of Siltahar Motors and Siltahar Mazda, Greg Larson. How are you, my friend? Good afternoon, Eric. How are you? Uh, well, I'm good. I remember texting you the night of the Marshall fires, asking you how you and Rachel are doing, how the dealership is doing, and fortunately, everybody was okay. But a lot of people are not okay, and I know that you are entrenched in the community. What kind of things have you done for everybody up in the Boulder area? Hey, thanks, and Greg. Uh, I appreciate talking to you. The, you know, I remember the night of the fire, and uh, we had a lot of uh, people at the dealership on edge watching uh, as, it, uh, as it crept closer to us. And uh, the only thing I could help for is uh, feeling uh, a sense of loss and, and how devastating the fires uh, had become that night. And uh, the next morning, the texts and the uh, emails started rolling in with our customers uh, who had mentioned that, uh, you know, they needed a little help here or needed something there because they had lost everything in this fire. And it was then when uh, I scrambled and got uh, some of our vendor partners together and 175 employees at the dealership, and we circled the wagons on uh, creating a drive and a donation spot so these people could get their their families together and get started off on the right track, uh, building from a ground zero. And it's been nothing short of a blessing for us to give uh, back to the community uh, and to be involved in the people's lives that uh, they lost everything. So it's uh, been a weird start to 2022, huh? It, it really has. And you know what? I'm guessing you helped out lots of families that have never even purchased a car or a truck at Siltahar Motors. Yeah, the, the power of social media, uh, right. when you start spreading the word that uh, we were, we were uh, grabbing these donations and we had people bring in new stuff, used stuff, uh, we had sundries, toiletries, uh, gift cards. Hmm. Uh, volunteers uh, uh, that did bought cars from us uh, just showed up and said, put us to work and let us see what we could do. 
uh, employees that stayed over on their lunch hours came in on Saturdays and Sundays. We sorted everything, provided our customers and, and non-customers, to your point alike, the ability to come in and walk through our showroom, browse at their leisure, and uh, and really grab uh, some of those things that I talked about that they needed to get started. Well, here's the thing. You know, I knew that you would find a way to uh, bring the community together at Siltahar Motors and Siltahar Mazda. I mean, I knew that about you. But here's the thing. It's not just the Marshall Fire. You guys have been doing stuff like this for a long time in the community. It's not just the Marshall Fire. You are really involved in that community. Yeah, I mean, you don't uh, you don't survive in sixty years in a, uh, a really heated market like the automobile industry. Uh, so we embody the uh, the Mazda Challenger spirit, the Siltar Motors spirit of being able to uh, not only provide the products and the service that customers and communities are looking for. Uh, but be where the, be there when we need them and when they need us the most. It's reciprocal, and it, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely a blessing for us to be in such a great giving community. How do people get a hold of you, Greg? And it's easy. Uh, to, you know, if they're out driving and they just want to stop by, we're on the corner of uh, Wadsworth Boulevard and Highway 36, right down the street from the Marshall Fire. Uh, you can get us at schmotors.com if you're at home uh, doing browsing. Uh, or if you want to give us a call, we're easily reached at uh, the same number we've had for 60 years, 303-469-1801. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Siltahar Mazda all the time, but you have so many other great rides as well. But if you are looking for a Mazda, like the Mazda CX-5, like the Mazda CX-30, go to sthmazda.com. Please tell Rachel we say hello. Uh, Mandy and I, we give you, you your family the best, and we'll talk soon. Much appreciated. Uh, happy New Year. Let's uh, get going, and I'll see you on the course. All right. Yeah, I hope so soon. See you, Greg. Take care. See you. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, TNT doubleheader for the NBA this Thursday evening. And the second round of that is the Portland Trailblazers at the Denver Nuggets, 8 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time on TNT, right after the Warriors and the Bucks game. The Blazers, without Lillard and McCollum, as well as Anthony Simons and Larry Nance Jr., the Nuggets, as we know, very injury-plagued. Some guys dealing with COVID as well. After Tuesday night's collapse in L.A., where the Clippers were also without their two best players. Is there any concern for a letdown tonight at Ball Arena? I'm not overly concerned. And oh, by the way, I uh, read a report, I think it came from the Denver Post, that the Nuggets are not ruling out a return for Michael Porter Jr. this season. Which would be terrific. I mean, that just you're leaving open the chance that by the end of the year, you're going to have your big three back together. And oh, by the way, look, they're going to be a playoff team regardless of when they get Jamal Murray back, MPJ back, because the West, there's a significant drop-off after the top. 
They're skulking around their fifth, sixth, seventh. They're going to be in the postseason, but that would be huge. That being said, also, coming off of, you could say, a tongue lashing that they got yep. from Michael Malone after blowing that game on Tuesday, I think they'll have a little more focus tonight. Although, what did you think of the bowl bowl trade being nullified? I think, I think that Mike Malone wished that would have gone through. I think he does, too. Right. Now you got to bring him back. He didn't want to be here. Uh, and now he's got to come back, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's awkward. It's awkward. It's really awkward. You think that t- Detroit had buyer's remorse? Well, listen, you can find a way to fail anyone on a physical. Exactly, if you, you want can. To. You can. Yep. And and maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Maybe they found out something that the Nuggets have known all along. What they found mm-hmm. out, I have no idea. But it is uncomfortable when you say we don't want you anymore. And then you got to open the house back up and say, come on in. By the way, real quick, Tom McMahon, remember him? I do. He's already got a job interview lined up. With who? Carolina Panthers, special teams coordinator. Good for him. Yes. Good for him. There are a lot of Bronco fans who are probably like, no, no. Tom McMahon's a really good man. Yep. And yes, the special team struggled. Yep. I will say it wasn't always his fault. No. I would agree. All right, that was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. Uh, by the way, speaking of charity, Mountain High Appliance, they're up in Louisville, just like Siltahar Mazda, Siltahar Motors. They're up in Broomfield. They dealt with the fire as well. And talk about giving back to the community. Uh, Mountain High Appliance, I think it was the day after, they did a drive with food and clothing and all that stuff for people in the community. So not only do we have great partners on the show that do amazing things, whether it's cars or appliances, but they also really give back to their community. Uh, Major props to Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, part two of your 10-part series, Mace. Uh, yesterday, we talked about Jared Mayo. Today, where you did a deep dive on Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator. The Broncos are going to meet with him this weekend. What's Hackett all about? We'll talk about it next.